0: Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This is a chance for local people or people with a local connection to sit down and talk about what is going on with them in the Fishers community. This is a part of my local Fishers, Indiana news blog that began in January of 2012. I started these podcasts in 2016 and have been going ever since. Now, here's the latest edition of the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at the Hamilton East Library in downtown Fishers. I'm at the Ignite Space. If you've never visited that, it's in the lower level of the library. Would certainly recommend that you give it a, a checkout if you've never been here. All artsy sorts of things. And we are recording this in the AV room where we have nice acoustics and nice equipment. And it is here for anyone holding a library card. I want to welcome uh, two people from the group called P Flag. Uh, I have Kathy Goldman, who's the president of the Fishers P Flag organization. And I also have Lindsay Mazerkowitz and, and Lindsay is the secretary for the PFLAG organization. It's P-F-L-A-G, and if you don't know what it stands for, it stands for Parents, Families, and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. So for uh, Kathy and Lindsay, thank you very much for joining me today.
1: Thank, Thank you
0: for you. having us. I, I want to, each of you to talk a little bit about, about PFLAG. I did a little bit of uh, research uh, before this this podcast. Very interesting organization. Very interesting uh, how it began. Um, I'm going to ask Kathy, you want to start the discussion? Um, it started back in the 1970s as one basically one situation with, with one family, and it's now uh, a national organization. Tell me what you can about how it got to where it is today.
1: Thank you, Larry. Back in 1973, Jean Manford was a mom that had a gay son, and he marched in a parade, and she marched with him. And after that, she was approached by a ton of lesbian and gay people who begged her to speak with their families. And through that, she recognized that there was a need for support. And that's kind of how things got started with PFLAG National.
0: And, Lindsay, how did you uh, get involved with the uh, local organization?
2: Sure. So Kathy and I kind of came together realizing that we didn't know a lot of people who – or didn't realize there were other people in our community that had transgender children or gay or bisexual or um, different orientations and felt like there was a need. Um, Other than Indy – which is the closest one to us, we felt like we really needed to create something here for our um, community and our surrounding counties.
0: So how long has your local Fishers organization been in existence? Kathy?
1: We had our first meeting in March, I'm sorry, in November of 2019. We actually met up with NDP flag and they took us under their wing and we met as a satellite location for Hamilton County Fishers area. And our first meeting was November of 2019. And then, of course, slowly, shortly after that, COVID hit. So we switched to a virtual platform. And then in February of 2021, we became our own official chapter, one of over 400 national chapters.
0: I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Pride Month and about uh, what uh, the involvement you plan to have in the Spark Fishers Festival. But, Lindsay, talk about... Generally, the kind of activities your organization locally is involved with.
2: Oh, we've done a lot of different things um, locally that we're trying to get with the different um, different groups. We actually partnered with Ignite and we did a mobile mural that we got a grant for from the Fisher's Arts. Um, Cultural Arts and Cultural Commission grant. Um, we are partnering with Connor Prairie. We did a very merry um, prairie and had our group go and see the lights and everything. Um, we have gone to Indy Fuel twice and had a booth there with information, and they're very welcoming there. Um, we walked with the GSA clubs in 2019 before we were um, P Flag Fishers um, to show our support for our students. We've also done oh goodness, the counselors, School Counselors Convention, we've done ally training, we did Spark um, last year, we did Boo Bash, and then we've also done the um, Farmer's Market Nonprofit Day, and then 2021 we did Celebration of uh, Equity in Education, so we've done several things in our
0: community. You've been very busy, that's a Mm -hmm. long list there. you know, Kathy, this is June is Pride Month, and I know there's a big event in Indianapolis that recently happened. Carmel has a big event. Uh, have What's your local group doing to uh, just to celebrate or recognize uh, Pride Month in June?
1: Well, fortunately, Pride Month happens to occur at the same time as Spark Fishers. So while Fishers doesn't have anything unique for Pride Month just yet, um we will be participating as I think one of the only supportive groups for LGBTQ people in the community.
0: Well, I was going to talk about it later. Let's talk about it now. That uh, you do have plans to march in the uh, Sparkfishers uh, parade, which is probably the centerpiece of that whole festival. It's last several days now. So, so Lindsay. Um, how much excitement, how much uh, how much interest has there been in your organization as far as people wanting to march at this year's parade?
2: Sure. We have several people volunteering to help us. Um, last year when we did it, it was great. I mean, everybody was very welcoming, very supportive. We pass out flags and just candy and all this stuff. And everyone was very clapping for us, really. A lot of the kids just saying thank you for being there. So we've been, oh, gosh, going to the Fisher's. Well, when I was back Fisher's Festival for over twenty years now, so it's really a tradition for us, and it's exciting to be able to actually have a place that we can now walk as an LGBTQ friendly.
0: Well, so your involvement goes all the way back to the Fisher's Freedom Festival. Mm-hmm. So you were involved there before city took it over, and I think it was two thousand eighteen. Yeah. it became spark. It's the parade is the parade. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's it is, uh, it is this, mm-hmm. for the most part the same group of people that uh, always get involved every year. I'm really glad to hear that you were were well received. Mm -hmm. You know, Kathy, I I want to ask about something because PFLAG, if you look at their website and take a look at what they do as an organization, uh, just nationally, uh, there's a lot of information about safe havens. Uh, Tell us what that's all about.
1: So the purpose of PFLAG is to offer support, education, and advocacy. And we are very proud to offer support meetings that do provide a safe place for parents or LGBTQ people to come and talk about their journey. Um, With other people that are on a similar journey, there's really no better feeling than knowing that you're not alone. And also sharing ideas and resources. We have a lot of people from not just Fishers, but from around different communities around us that either log on virtually for our meetings or come in person that really it's the first time they've had any support or talked with other people that are on a similar journey. Or maybe they're struggling with how do we go about name change? How do we go about getting um, care for our child that is going to help them live in their body and feel secure about who they are? So um, it's really a great environment that offers privacy, support, and just mutual respect for where each person is on their journey. Sometimes we have people, it's the first time they've ever talked about their experience with their family member, and it can be very scary. And sometimes we have people that are at the point of full acceptance, and some people are really struggling and still just cannot refer to their child um, in their identity that they know who they are the parents are still struggling with who they thought their child was
0: i just saw a piece the other day about an nbc news journalist her name is katie Turr and her father ended up becoming uh, making the transition uh, as a transgender person but yet she had issues with her father that had nothing to do with that. So it was a little hard to understand. She hadn't spoken to her father in years, but in hearing the whole story, and I guess she wrote a book about this, and that's why it got publicity, and she wrote about it extensively. It's, like, it's not clear that she has any issue with him you know, transitioning. It was the idea that he had. she had other issues with him, that he might have been abusive when she was younger, but things like that. So things get complicated. With that as kind of a backdrop, uh, Now, Kathy, Lindsay talked about this whole coming out to your family thing. Does PFLAG help young people who are struggling with with this?
2: I think that it definitely helps the parents or their friends or families help their child along the journey and what to do. Many of us are in different parts of our journey, and I know that – IYG, Indiana Youth Group, is there for children, and they can go there and be supported and help them come out. I know for us, it was going to a LGBTQ-friendly therapist and finding support there that my child was able to come out to us. Me finding PFLAG helped us come out to our family, and the best way to do it and the best approach, I guess, in that nature.
0: Justin, you want to add Kathy or No.
1: I was going to say, too, that our school district is really fantastic mm-hmm. that they have – most most all the schools have a GSA club, which stands for Gender Sexuality Alliance or Gay Straight Alliance. It depends on um, really, I mean, how far back you look because yeah. the mm-hmm. name has changed as it's gone on. And really, it depends on which group, how they want to call mm-hmm. their group. But those groups are safe places for the kids, too. Um, we have not, one of our dreams has been to provide a safe space for youth to gather. We just have had a very difficult time no, proceeding understand. with that. I yeah, mean, I we're all volunteers, yeah. we all sure. work full time, but we're hoping this summer to be able to start having some pop up gatherings and mm-hmm. really having Ignite available and giving us the space to create the mobile mural really
2: was a great catalyst for that too. There's a lot that goes into it. I mean, funds, support, education, training, just a lot for the youth. We would love to do it at some point. But, mm-hmm. okay.
0: Have you found uh, people locally have been willing to support you as far as, you know, financially? Or are you still looking for that kind of support? How, who wants <laughs> to talk about that? You're looking at each other.
2: <laughs> right now, that's what we're kind of working on, getting okay. learning about grant writing and finding people. People or companies willing to support us um, financially. It's I this year has been a little more difficult for us. I feel like um, just trying to get any donations and such like that. Just because I think what's going on, you know, costs are going up of everything, and there's lots of different organizations. So kind of getting our name out there and trying to get people to know who we are and to help us out.
0: You no, know, Kathy. One thing that that has always struck me about this this whole issue of, of, of the treatment of people who are in the LGBTQ community. Uh, when you take a look at the data, and I've looked at this, when you have people who stay in the closet or don't share how they really feel about themselves and maybe need to make a transition but don't, what I have found is, is that these people have a very high rate of, of hurting themselves. And sad to say, there's a much higher rate amongst those folks of suicide. So we're talking—we're not just talking about, you know, people feeling good about themselves in general. I mean, this has genuine health impacts, making sure that people understand who they are and, and try to react to that and have a supportive group of people. How, how do you approach this when you... Have, you're dealing with somebody who's a young person who is dealing with this issue, and you can see you, they need help, and without it, you know, bad things can happen. I, that's what really strikes me the most. What are your thoughts along those lines?
1: Well, Larry, when our kid came out, we knew nothing, nothing at all. So the first thing that we did was get educated because we were well aware of the statistics for suicide and self harm. And we obviously did not want our kid to go through anything like that. Um, This journey is hard, regardless if you have families that are supportive of their kids. Um, Oftentimes, there's a lot of struggles before kids even do come out. But um, we um, I'm sorry, this is a really tough topic. It's just very emotional. Well, if Um, you don't want to
0: talk anymore, no, it's okay because
1: it's important. Um, we have on our website different pieces of literature and that you can download for free that really even is geared towards the kids. Kids can go to the website. They can go to the resources. They can download different publications that really help them identify who they are and being able to come out to their families. Um, one of the best things that we did was my, my husband and I, we reached out to – Indy flag, and we attended our first meeting, and through that meeting, you start to learn more about other resources that are available. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we do as Flag Fishers is we connect people to other resources as well. Yes, we want everyone to come and spend time with us because it fills our cup, too, and we love loving on others. But we also know that maybe we don't fit every single person's need, so we can point them in directions, or maybe they just didn't fit in with our group meeting that day because of the people that were there. We give them other opportunities in the Indianapolis area where there are other groups available to help people along on this journey. And I think that's what saved us was being able to find out what resources were out there, so that we could make connections and get the support that we needed, you and know, that eventually helped uh, our child.
0: Oh, that's that's great to hear. But you know, Lindsay, I, when I hear that story, I think about uh, the fact that that it, there's so much to be said for people knowing that they're not by themselves. You know, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only one trying to deal with this, and I think. Uh, there's a group dynamic that you're establishing in Fisher to try to give support to these people. That's what I'm hearing.
2: Yes, for sure. Like I said, when my kiddo came out, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have no clue what to do. I know nobody else around me whose kid is transgender. Um, what am I going to do? That's uh, immediately started researching and getting education and going – looking up different things, and that's when I found, like, there's nothing around us um, except, like, more of the Indianapolis, Greenwood, just different areas like that. And we didn't really needed something close to us. And my thing was I need to help my kid because I want my child here on earth with me as they are and not any other way. So that's really what brought me into this.
0: Uh, you know, Kathy, I, I remember covering the school board that there was a, a very big uh, discussion debate about uh, the non-discrimination policy just about two or three years ago and what I remember most about that was talking to a lady named Jamie Carnes. I did a podcast with her and uh, uh, Michael Vance who were both involved in that organization and HS Equal, which is the group they put together yeah, I know you're familiar, you're mm-hmm. nodding your heads and, and the way she described it to me was uh, she went to a school board meeting and didn't feel the board was reacting the right way just went on Facebook and, and asked people uh, who agreed with her to, to join her, and she found hundreds of people, and she had no idea how many other people felt the same way that she felt. Did you sort of go through this when you organized Flag locally?
1: I think more than anything, it was the school board meeting for me personally and seeing that we weren't alone. I was so afraid to speak the first time we ever spoke in November of 2019. And just having, I mean, I didn't know anyone else. I really thought we were going to get run out of the city. And um, there were a handful of people there that came up to us afterwards that were very loving. So I think You know, identifying those people initially was fantastic and starting to develop relationship with allies within the community. But when Jamie started the HS Equal page, I can tell you just from our friend group, Mm -hmm. being able to log onto Facebook and see thousands of people on that page supporting LGBTQ students and faculty staff in our district was overwhelming. And you feel, I don't know, more connected with your community and safer out in the community as well.
0: Yeah, Lindsay, it goes back to what we were talking Mm -hmm. about just a moment ago, knowing there are people who feel the same way you do. And sometimes if you don't know that there are other people who feel the same way you do. And, you know, Facebook has its ups and downs, but this was a case where people found each other on Mm -hmm. Facebook.
2: Oh, definitely. I found a lot more people that are actually willing to come to me too and at work and just everywhere else sharing their stories or asking for support or, you know, giving them resources that we have. So it's been nice.
0: <laughs> I have heard, and I, I want you two to both say something about this because I have been to public meetings where people have basically made the argument that this is just a phase that a young person goes through just let them go through it you know i i don't know i look at what people who are lgbtq people go through in school that it's not easy for them especially if they're known to others to be in this category i mean there are supportive people but there are people in their school you know schools are brutal places we've all <laughs> been to school right and and you know people can be pretty rough on on i don't understand why anybody would consider this to be a phase or just trying to get attention. I've heard that argument, and I have a lot of trouble with that. Lindsay, when you hear that, what, what's your reaction?
2: I've talked to my husband a lot about this, actually. We were discussing it today because, of course, you know, Facebook, you see a lot of different posts, Oh, you know, just different non-supportive arguments against um, transgender people or LGBTQ people. And unless you're walking in this journey or know somebody close to you, you're not going to understand. You're not going to know. You're probably not going to educate yourself about it. Whereas we sit here and learn everything we can to protect our children because we want to protect all all of our children and friends. So it really, really bothers me because I really don't feel like they have the education or want to educate themselves on what it's actually like to have a child going through this journey.
0: Kathy, what are your thoughts?
2: My thought is, does it really matter
1: if it is... Um, a face, Does it matter? Does it matter? Because if, if it helps your child learn more about who they are because you're supporting them and loving them, you support them and love them and every other thing in their life. So why not to me, it's more about the parents' discomfort and what they feel other people are going to think. Well, what's most important to me is the safety of my child. And I will walk with them and any other child that comes into our home, along their journey and just give them a supportive, loving area where they can grow into who they are. And it doesn't matter if it's a phase. It doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't matter.
0: You know, Lindsay, before somebody makes a physical transition as a transgender person, my inter- tell me about this because I'm not an expert in this at all. Uh, there is a process you go through uh, to To do this, and it would be as I understand that process, it would be very difficult for somebody to go through a temporary phase of, of teen years. Tell me about that uh, that what you know about it sure.
2: like, I'm no expert at this, but well, what, what, you know we, what we've experienced is um, my child went to a therapist we went for several months a year and discussed you know what his life was going to look like and It's, um, he first came out at home and we were, you know, using pronouns and different um, pronouns, cut hair, changing clothes, kind of socially transitioning at home and then went to the school, went to the counselor and, you know, decided we're going to use male pronouns and we changed at school, um. Honestly, my child actually did really well at school. His counselor was great. Um, He went to Fisher's um, High School and they were just really good about it. His counselor was very supportive, would email the teachers, you know, asked if they had any questions to contact her, and we could talk to him. So we started um, transitioning at school. So this is over a period of two years now. Um, We needed to make sure he was persistent on consistent about his pronouns, what he really wanted in life. We then decided at 16, he wanted to start um, gender-affirming hormone therapy. We did need a letter from his therapist stating that he was ready for this and that it was a good idea based on his mental health that this was the right choice for us. We then started that um, process and he has not regretted one minute of it. Um, Voice started changing, um, Adam's apple, like different features started happening and We then walked in a pride parade, and I have never seen my kid happier. Like, completely anxious, and everything wouldn't go around people. But when we were there, it like, I have pictures. It was very emotional because I have never seen my child this happy. And it was overwhelming um, just knowing that that's what he needed because he did not feel right in the body he was born with. Um, And then you go through, if you do want to do gender-affirming – Surgery, there's a lot you have to go through, insurance and getting referrals, making sure the therapist thinks this is the right thing to do again. It's not just a quick, fast, easy, this can happen. And that's been a wait for over a year that's happened. It's not happened yet, but it's in the process. So it's not something that you can just do really fast. My child knew when he was 12, and he is now almost 20. Mm
0: -hmm. I learned a lot just hearing that story. (laughs) Yeah, and you've heard stories like that, Kathy, and you've got your own your own child who has uh, who who is involved. in Is is this is your child gay, trans, transgender, or what? Uh,
1: They're non binary, -binary. and we don't really discuss their sexuality because it doesn't matter to us. Very good. So,
0: but uh, I guess what I'm really there's not only reason I ask that question is because when I hear her story, how does um, in your own family situation, how do you affirm that? that person that your child is as she was talking about affirming it and how much that meant to her child. Uh, how has that worked out in your household?
1: Well, we also sought out counseling right out right out of the gate. Um, obviously, we didn't know how to navigate our journey. And I've also attended two of the IU Health puts on LGBTQ healthcare conferences and they're very informative. So I've attended and gotten educated that way. But we started our kid out with Um, a psychologist that helps with gender dysphoria to help um, them be able to navigate their experience. And really what we learned was to follow their lead, you know, whatever. And, And I'm in healthcare and I was worried about different medical things and you know, you, we asked our doctor for research, and I wanted peer-reviewed articles, and I wanted data, and it was provided, and, you know, my kid has been on a journey, and they don't regret anything that they've done along their journey, and they are happy and flourishing, and that's really all that matters to us. We follow their lead 100%. And I will say, too, Larry, mm-hmm. um, one of the misconceptions I think out in the world is that if you're transgender, you automatically have gender affirming surgery and you change your parts that are below your waist. And that's not true. Everybody's journey is unique and individual. And it's their own. So some people may just transition socially with names and pronouns, some may with their appearance. In fact, with our kid being non binary, it's very difficult for our friends and family to understand why s- people that don't know us, I guess, coworkers that were asking questions, you know. I don't understand. So like, how do they? So, they just wake up one day and that's just how they feel and how they're going to present when they leave their house. And I kind of think of it as I mean, I wake up one day and I choose to wear scrubs to work or I choose to dress up. It's just how I feel. Am I going to put my hair in a ponytail? Am I going to spend time with it down? So, it's really not even my business. It's my kids' journey and we support them. And we keep people in their circle that support them. And if they can't support them, then there really isn't a whole lot of love because we're just trying to keep our
2: kid alive.
0: That is profound. Um, Want to add anything, Lindsay?
2: Yeah, and I always say when people ask me, well, I just don't get it. Well, guess what? It's not really for you to understand because this isn't your child, but what I'm asking you is just for respect. Mm -hmm. Respect my kid, respect people around you, respect everybody, and just be kind. It's not for you to get. If you want to learn more, do that, but it's just not.
0: I've tried to ask a number of questions here, but as we wrap this up, I want to give each of you a chance to just add anything that I didn't ask, think to ask or that you would like to say before we finish. So, Kathy, I'll give you the first chance.
1: You can go to our website. It's PFLAG, P-F-L-A-G, org, and reach out if you need any help or support. If you're curious and you'd like some education, if you're struggling with advocacy with your own child or yourself – Get out, get in touch with us, and we'll be super excited if you stop by our booth at the Spark Fishers Festival. We'll have a lot of literature there, and it's going to be a very
2: fun time, and it will be family-friendly.
0: Lindsay, uh, same opportunity for you.
2: Yes. No, just we are loving the support that we have in this community, and we just really hope it continues to grow and just really working with everybody. And just um, one thing I did want to add for P it no longer stands for parents, friends, lesbians, and gays. They changed it just oh. to be P flag because they did add in the other, like transgender and just different. Well, the, ori- the, the original
0: uh-huh. the original name was that. That's yep. why I picked it yeah. up online. But you're saying that is not even current mm. anymore. Mm-mm. So yeah. let's just scratch that uh, <laughs> that part that I said there. P flag is exactly what mm-hmm. you have explained here yeah. in this podcast today. I want to thank you so much, Kathy Goldman, is the president of PFLAG flag Fishers and Lindsay uh, Mazurkiewicz is the secretary for the local organization. Very much appreciate you ladies spending time with me today.
1: Thank Thank you for giving us the opportunity, Larry. We really appreciate it. Yes,
2: thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you like the podcast, please let others know. You can find it on most platforms where you go for podcasts. Just search using this phrase podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. Also, if you listen on a platform such as iTunes, please take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. So thanks for listening, and please be safe and be kind.